Hello and welcome to Gamer's Ledge Podcast. Come on in, sit down, have yourself a refreshing glass of Wendy's assorted carbonated beverage. Relax and join us for a conversation between your friends, a look at what it means to be a hardcore gamer, and a look at the video gaming industry. I'm your host, Mark. Joining us all the way down on the far end this week is Turo. Hello. And then we have Matt. Howdy. And then we also, which we're not, let's try it again. There's Turo. Say say hi again, Turo. I'm saying hi. This is me saying hi. There you go. Work. And then we'll go okay. for Matt one more time. Howdy. And then last but not least, it's Kate. Except that she we can't hear her because she's muted. Not anymore, Matt. <laughs> uh, Nick's also joining us, but he's stepped away for just a second. Uh, big week, everybody. Matt, why don't you talk about what we did over the weekend? <laughs> what we did over the weekend? We attended the first ever Wizard World Madison. That's the keyword there. In Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, it was a three-day event of... All kinds of things. As you may or may not know, Wizard World originally started out as a Comic-Con, although, as, as we can both attest to, there's a heck of a lot more there than comics, and actually comics are, are kind of the minority at this point in the, in the show. Wow. Um, but you have uh, comics, artists, a lot of artists, uh, a lot of uh, celebrities there to do meet and greets and photo ops and signatures and even the occasional interview and uh, cosplay. Holy moly, holy, holy. How many 200-ish videos yeah, you've cosplayed? 200 videos, but all in all, it was right around 300 cosplayers that we recorded. So, um, and just, you know, a lot of a lot of cool people. I mean, that, that was the thing I think that got me the most about the experience was, I mean, everybody was just pretty cool. I mean, yeah, this was your first con, correct? This was my first con of any sort. And so what would you say in terms of uh, what, what did you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was uh, very well attended. Uh, I thought the, this is the first time I've ever interacted with like uh, creators. Um, and both, uh, both the two vendors we talk, or the creators, the artists we talked to, uh, I, you know, the, the uh, accessibility. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Of them was just, I mean, especially Greg Horn, which we're going to talk more about later, I'm sure. But uh, the uh, man, that guy likes to hawk his wares. He'll explain everything to you about every piece of art that he's got on the wall. Um, so uh, yeah, it was it was great. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't get to sit in on a lot of sessions. So you know, that as an attendee is something I probably would like to have done, just to say I've done them and see what they're like. But I know we sat in on, on a bit of the Brett Dalton one. And uh, what was the other one we were sitting in the room that on the projector? I forget. Uh, it, was um, a, it was a band actually doing a lot of. Oh yeah, uh, we, the, the, they had the band there doing the the geek video game music. Did a really nice cover of the Final Fantasy twelve ten theme. Um, but the uh, yeah, I, it was overall it was very good. It was a it was a very positive experience. Um, there was there was. We heard sideways of some incident somewhere about someone, but it was if, if we hadn't have heard it from this one person, we would have never known it had happened. So, uh, you know, 
I, I guess that was the thing that impressed me. You can get that many hardcore geeks in one small area, and fights just don't automatically break out. No, it's it's always a controlled atmosphere in terms of that type of stuff. I, and and when Matt says that you know there weren't that many comics there, I think the thing I'd like to point out is that the quality of comics is usually much higher than what you would normally find at a typical con because most cons you go to that are kind of homegrown, you'll end up finding a billion of the books you don't really want and none of the books you really want. So the quality of what we saw, a ton of Silver Age, even some Golden Age, uh, we saw Superman number ones, um, literally like $40,000 books, you know, $5,000 books, some really expensive, expensive comics. Some very, very expensive books. So you you picked up a couple? I did not know. Two or three, um, forty grand comic that, books. That is that is something that I know for the future though, because you know, even though knowing it was a comic con, it didn't even occur to me to grab my list of things where I have holes in my runs. That sounds horrible. Um, <laughs> That's where holes, amazing. Where I have gaps in the series, uh, so that I, you know, I could possibly fill some of them. But uh, yeah, that was. Bear strike again. <laughs> well, so the the big thing is, uh, if you've not checked out the site, we have a ton of stuff up from the con. We we interviewed Raven Software, uh, which are the folks that contribute in the making of Call of Duty. Um, they are uh, located out of Madison, so they were there at the show. We got to speak with them for a little bit. Um, we also have a couple uh, celebrity interviews up. George Went from Cheers, also known as Norm. Uh, and then, of course, Michael Rooker from The Walking Dead and Guardians of the Galaxy. And Slither. And Mallrats. <laughs> uh, Chocolate-covered pretzel. Yeah, so he, he also <laughs> took a few minutes out of his time to talk to us. Um, and uh, we've got that all up on the site now. We've also kind of, a, a, you know, for folks like Matt who've never been to Wizard World before, we have a little primer on what is Wizard World up right now also on the site. Um Matt's got Matt actually posted some cosplay pictures the night that we left the sh- the show. I figure I will be done editing all those videos together in probably a week or so. I don't think it's going to happen. 2016. Yeah, no, hopefully not. <laughs> but it's going to take a little while because I've been editing like a madman just to get all the rest of that out today. So we got those up. Um, Toro, tell us about your week. What have you been up to? What have you been playing? I'm messing up my sleep schedule like crazy because it is off-season. Oh, my gosh. You want all the attention, don't you? Um, I, and playing lots and lots of Pokemon. Still? I, yeah. I've so, been trading left and right everywhere, and I've gotten some saying, lucky trades. I have captured the best Pokemon. What? I have captured the best Pokemon. What's What's that? This one. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you got the shirt. shirt. I totally got this shirt, and it was like one of the best shirts at the con. Did you get the Mew Fusion for me? I did not get the Mew Fusion. Ah! You, you can go on their I website. Wasn't, I wasn't expecting it in the mail. Although yeah. the uh, the Avatar Captain Planet one was Actually, probably I'll, the second. I'll be right back. But oh, go gosh. ahead and continue talking about what you, uh, what you did this week there, Taro. Okay. Um. No, that's pretty much it. I we almost picked up Evolve, but again, it was getting kind of close. So we just grabbed some food and came here. She really wanted to play Evolve while we discussed stuff, and on top of she wanted to 
play it before me because she's a jerk. And then yeah, and but she went back to GameCube. We got a GameCube. Um, we had her old one, but none of the uh, the AV cables or even the power. So we ended up going to this one, you know, not like I forget what it's called. Oh my gosh, I think it's called Next Level in the next town over. And there was the the GameCube with all the connectors and the control and everything. And it was similar to the price than just buying the two cords. So we just bought another one. I was like, might as well. We'll just have another GameCube. And uh, she's been playing Sunshine since we got it. So that's pretty cool. Um, so Pokemon for me, I've been watching a lot of Mar Super Mario Sunshine, which is always neat. It's kind of neat to see how much games have transitioned because she gets so mad at the camera and some of the controls are a little wonky only because it's an older game. You start noticing that these didn't get honed instantly. They they had to do progression to make these like controls work and everything to to, to correspond correctly. Oh my gosh! And uh, and he just wants attention. I have no clue what's up. Uh, yeah, Pokemon and watching her play Sunshine and then evolve probably a lot tomorrow. <laughs> so now, this was go ahead. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, Sunshine is the one that a lot of people didn't like, which I never understood because I always enjoyed Sunshine. It just, it was just different. It wasn't a Mario platform, and whenever I played it, I, I felt that it wasn't one, but I still had fun with it. My brother Mario was hasn't been Mario since Mario 64, so... I mean, uh, yeah, but <laughs> again, it's just a little bit different, especially with the whole uh, uh, flood thing, and... Yeah, it was it was uh, it was fun uh, watching her and, and so yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been doing though. All right, so this is this was probably the best T-shirt that they had. Oh. <laughs> unfortunately, they were out, but I got a print of it because it's the best ever. Can you see it? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I almost got a T-shirt of that. That's awesome that you got a print though. Yeah, so I got a print. And speaking of. I'll I'll show the rest when I get to my turn. But and, and for those of you who don't know, that's a Captain Planet ripoff. Just look for Captain Planet. Uh, I don't know. That be transformation or whatever, and you'll get it. If you know Avatar, if you don't know either, then either learn or don't. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Uh, Kate, what did you do this week? Dragon Age. That's pretty much it. Uh, and how far are you so far? Um, I only just got Skyhold, but I'm at, like, level 12 or 13, so <laughs> I do a lot of side questing. I'm trying to get all the ocular shards, and I'll get to the main story eventually. Nick, how about you? Uh, haven't done a whole lot. Um, basically, I've just been... Uh, trying to get used to the new job and um, uh, I have been I've still been playing my new phone the phone game I always play which is Defender of Texel. Mm -hmm. um, I also have been playing Great Frontier quite a bit. Do you know what that that is? Uh, no. No. Pretty good. Uh, really weird because they they just kind of throw you in without any help, so you, you kind of have to learn by yourself. But pretty fun once you get into it. I like the evolving leveling system a lot. So, um, what else? Lots of Destiny. Uh, still trying to platinum. Still not working. Uh, still trying to get a galley or a hunger. Still not working. Um, 
other than that, I'm going to reorder my laptop, hopefully get the YouTube site going pretty soon. Other than that, oh, uh, up to date on Flash Castle. Really that, isn't it? Oh yeah, I I watch watch more Oops. Yeah, I actually uh, up on Glee. Is that show dead yet? This almost. It's on the final season, actually. Yeah. I I almost so, did um, a, an inverse squeal when uh, someone put something on in the Flash this episode. What? What uh, they put on? Let me do. Or spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, okay, so, that's pretty much it, though. Uh, I haven't really been Matt, up to a lot. Other than going to Wizard World, what have you been up to? Um, well, let's see. I played a little bit more of a Fat Princess piece of cake. Uh, we figured out how to do co-op in Terra Battle. We did, indeed. Um, honestly, not much else. I'm caught up on Gotham. I'm caught up on The Walking Dead. Yep, I think those are the only two shows I'm caught up on at the moment. Um, and uh, let's see, yeah, that's really about it. It's been a it's been a busy week here at the house with uh, with uh, yep, that's actually what I was going to grab now is uh, uh, got. Yeah, well, I'm going to show this. Uh, this is a, a great signed Greg Horn cover variant of uh, Star Wars issue one. Only available at GameStop. Uh, available at GameStop through their reward points thing. Not signed, but you know the thing. And then also the oh gosh, screen glare. Your favorite animator. Mmm, that's so cute. It's an awesome print, though. And, uh, <laughs> it does look awesome. It is. Uh, it, awesome. never looks so nice. Oh, there's a thing thing you guys are going to announce about that, right? Well, because somebody's very interested that uh, I'm a big fan of that, so I just wanted to. But okay, um, never mind. And, and recently they did announce a season two is coming soon, so finally. Uh, but yeah, other than that, just the, the Wizard World thing, you know, ate our entire weekend, so that was. That was good. Good use of weekend, though. Uh, so I have a, a bunch of those as well. I'll try to do my best to not get glare, not get the glare here. Uh, so I picked up a flash, um, cool. both for me and for somebody who asked me for one. Hold on. I had to pick up the Silver Surfer because that is one of the coolest surfers that I've seen in a while. Awesome. Uh, but more importantly, I also got a Thor. That is one badass Thor. It is a very, very badass Thor. Um, that was awesome. We, between the two of us, we probably could have spent $1,000 at this booth. <laughs> probably my favorite Harley and Joker that I've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, that's a good one. Wow. Um, I, also, I also picked up a Doctor Who one, but I don't think I have that one. Um, I don't have that one out yet. Uh, also picked up a uh, Batman and Catwoman one, and oh, I do have the Doctor Who. I also picked Sweet. up a Green Lantern, and last but not least, the only Doctor that we really care about. There you go. Um. <laughs> 
And hopefully, th- this one's a gift, and I'm hoping that uh, my significant other does not watch the show, but probably the best print, uh, or best thing I picked up while I was there was a sketch of Oswald Cobblepot. Oh, wow. So, that's Neil Adams. Yeah, that's Neil Adams. That's really, really awesome. It's super awesome. He has some amazing original sketches there. I mean, he's an amazing artist, obviously, but... And I'm looking for one thing. There we go. Oh, that one doesn't... Where's the other one? Hold on. You've been losing that since you got it, dude. It must be in the middle. So... It's like a monkey? Yeah. So one of the things we are going to do is we are actually giving away... Uh, Matt, why don't you hold yours up since you've got it there and easy. We are actually going to be giving away a copy, uh, a print in a protector of uh, Attack on Titan by Greg Horn. And uh, what we're going to do for that is if you jump on Twitter and retweet your favorite character from Attack on Titan with the hashtag... Gamers Ledge. We will run this for approximately two weeks, and you will win that poster. Signed, and with a message. Yes, signed with a message of congratulations from Greg Horn. Can we see it again? You were just moving it, but you weren't saying anything, Matt. Oh, sorry. Yes, okay, so I'll try and do this again without the glare. So it is uh, Armored Titan, obviously, behind her. And she's in her... What was it called? 3D Gear? It's been so long since I watched it, I already forgot stuff like that. So is that like a spoiler for Season 2 there? No, I think it's it's an original piece. (laughs) uh, There's the signature. The the one that we have for a giveaway has a signature like that, but above it there's a a personalized message. Yep. Nice. So that'll uh, that'll start this week, and we'll run it for two weeks, and then at the end of the next, not this next podcast... Actually, let me think about that. Yeah, not this next podcast, but the one after. Uh, we will announce a winner. And uh, we'll reiterate how to enter that at the end of the show as well. And if you if you do have the availability to go to a Wizard World this year, there are 28 of them. So go wow. to wizardworld.com and see if one is coming near you. Uh, you know, Definitely stop by Greg's table. He's a great guy, and he's got a lot of nice art there. So... Let's get into the news. Matt, why don't you start with yours? I, I know you've got something you want to discuss that's on your mind. Spider-Man! Yeah! Back in yeah, the Well, sort of. Yay. Not completely, but mostly. So, <laughs> close, enough. Um, close enough. Monday, late Monday, late Monday, the announcement was made that Sony and Marvel have come to an agreement to allow Spider-Man... Spider-Man's going to be rebooted again... The copy or the uh, movie rights are still owned by Sony Studios, but the character is going to appear in MCU uh, existing MCU announced titles. Um, this has caused a bit of a shifting around. Uh, Inhumans got shifted back almost a year, uh, so there, there's been some shuffling around of the schedule due to this. Uh, but that definitely seems worth it to me. Um, and Sony will still be producing the solo movies, as well as the Sinister Sticks is still going forward. A Spider Woman of some variety is moving forward. 
so all of the previously announced Spider-Man movies from Sony Studios are still moving forward. However, they will be MCU-based, and the um, the Marvel Studios will have heavy uh, input on their development to keep it all consistent within the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is what MCU stands for, if you are unaware. Uh, so there's the possibility of uh, other Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, characters like Iron Man or Thor or Black Widow or Hawkeye or any of, of those appearing in Spider-Man movies or any of the Spider-Man spin-offs. Uh, this does mean that Spider-Man is being recast and rebooted. Uh, so far, the the apparent is, is they'll be going back to him being a high school student. So we'll be uh, going back to high school, uh, newly powered most likely. I doubt they'll do another origin story, but they'll probably do some quick flashback to exactly what the peculiarities of this one are. I'm assuming, much like much of the MCU, it'll be very uh, similar to the Ultimates ver Ultimate Universe version of Spider-Man. Now, the other thought is, is a lot of people are considering that they might be going with the current Ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales, rather than Peter Parker. I don't think they'll jump straight into that. That would be interesting if they did, but um, that would be like going straight to the... Falcon version of Captain America rather than starting off with Steve Rogers. So um, it should be also noted that the the largest rumor going around is that we will see him first in uh, Captain America Civil War. War. So um, Arkham Mafia wrote in to the show just like you can by sending an email to Balt at GamersLedge.com. He said, um, "Question for the panel." What do you think of Marvel Comics having Spider-Man back? Uh, the, the, the best picture I've seen floating around YouTube actually shows uh, Sony <laughs> Sony's building. God, I love that one so much. Captain America and some of the, the Avengers breaking in, and then Cap carrying a bloody Spidey out said, We've got you, soldier. We'll take you home. So... <laughs> it's actually the Howling Commandos, not the Avengers. Yeah. But anyway. well, yeah, that's what um, I think the the interesting the most interesting side of this is that Marvel didn't have to pay any money to get it done. Right. So what do you mean? Well, well they it's did. more like Sony is just losing 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 money. No, well, Sony's not losing anything. Sony's gonna make a mint off of this because Marvel does not get the proceeds, or, or there's no reimbursement for the creation of the film, the production of the film, for the the standalone Spider-Man film that they are talking about doing. Um, and they are basically time-sharing. If it, The way I understood it, if Marvel chooses to cross over anyone into the Sony pictures, Sony just keeps all that money. Wow. If Sony gives Spider-Man, I, I, they don't get anything from it, but it's more exposure for Sony, and that's good for Sony stuff. So it, it kind of makes sense when you think about it. Uh, but I really thought there would have to be money involved, but apparently not. I really thought so, too. That is fantastic for both sides. For yeah. everybody. Everybody wins in this one. <laughs> I, it's very interesting. I'd love to see uh, the X-Men come back to the fold, too. But I just... It would have to change so much already. Uh, well, like I said, the Spider-Man's being rebooted and most likely recast, so... Like a mutant? Like, oh, there's miracles and mutants. Bye-bye. <laughs> they, they still can't use the word mutants because... Uh, 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If the X-Men were able to come back, they would have to change everything and just be like, look at these guys. They just happen to be on the side. Well, they could still reuse them as miracles. They wouldn't have to call them mutants, but right now they can't even use names like Cyclops and Jean Grey and stuff yeah. like that. They, they could at least use that. So. So it'd be cool to see X-Men. I think it's a huge win for fans. Mm-hmm. And after and after this highly, you know, uh, positive and light-hearted Fantastic Four movie comes out and that totally bombs, then they can reintegrate that too. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. then then Fox will be like, maybe we should talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so um, while we're on the uh, on the subject of movies, we should probably talk about uh, Brian Singer and X Men Apocalypse. He tweeted out. Yeah, he t- tweeted out a um, a picture of him in front of the doors that have traditionally belonged to Cerebro, but I'm thinking maybe it's going to be the Danger Room at this time instead. We'll see. I don't know, because if you're not familiar with the uh, days of or days of future past, sorry, if you're not familiar with the Apocalypse, uh, wh- why can't I remember Age of Apocalypse? Thank you. There you go. <laughs> we were gonna help. We were gonna yeah, jump there. I was getting there. I was getting there. <laughs> Have I mentioned I've been traveling a lot? Uh, the the, uh, the Age of Apocalypse storyline, basically, which they're not going to be able to recreate in any way, shape, or form. So I'm interested to see what they do. Professor X's son accidentally kills Professor X in the past and creates a new timeline where Magneto rules the X-Men and the world has gone to hell in a handbasket because Apocalypse rules the world because the X-Men were never there to stop him in the 60s. And so uh, heavily features Bishop, who we got introduced in the last movie, um, but Legion has not been introduced, so I'm guessing they're not going to go that route. Legion is Professor X's son. Um... So yeah, it'll be poop crazy. I most of his personalities are yes, but not all of them. Not all of them, but most of them. Most of them, yes. Um, but anyways, uh, it, it, that that should be an interesting thing to watch. So I'm I'm guessing instead of Cerebro, we're going to see the Danger Room. Uh, that's the big flutter going on on the internets right now. Wow. Um, let's jump into some video game news. What say you all? Yeah, okay, why not? Who's got the first piece? Tomorrow, um, NetherRealm is doing another live stream on their Twitch. Yeah. And what are they streaming? They're going to do Katana versus Reptile, so they're going to show off both of their moves. Um, and with them, they'll probably talk about factions and like the combo tower, the things that were briefly shown in that video that they gave us about factions. And knowing them, there'll probably be some other surprise, like when we'll see a new character, or we might see a new character. They always have some sort of reveal. Or a tease. (laughs) I am getting more and more excited about this game every single week. Mm -hmm. And it's confirmed not Melina, because... Oh, it is not. Another realm put up a little preview of like say, hey, we're doing our Twitch TV thing tomorrow. They put up a little preview of the match intro between Katana and Cassie Cage. Katana does not have her mask on. So okay. the, the interesting right. thing about that though is they also released a couple other pieces of news between this podcast and the last one. Um, they have introduced factions into Mortal Kombat 
So when you start playing, you join a faction, and whether you're playing online or offline, you are actually building faction points for your reputation points for your faction. Uh, they haven't said exactly what this is going to get you, per se, but they have said that it will create a kind of ongoing tug of war between the factions. The you, know that two, are, you know that everyone's going to join the Lin Kuei, though. We'll see. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really going White Lotus. I'm going no, White no, Lotus. No, no, I'm totally going um, with Quan Chi's faction. <laughs> is that the Brotherhood? No. Yeah. The Shadow. Shadow. Yeah, sorry. I don't know. I, I, I'm really torn on it. I'll have, to, I'll have to do some soul searching before I commit to any one of them. But the other thing that they, uh, that they showed was they showed a match with a series of modifiers that let you use and fight against um, bots, we'll just say. The interesting thing is that we saw equipment from other characters that have not been announced and the shadow forms of other characters that have not been announced. Netherrealm, Netherrealm was very, very... They're like, we're not saying they're not in there. We're not saying they are in there. No, what geez. we're saying is that here's this mode, and you can fight these people in this mode. So I, I didn't notice that part in the video. Yep. It, uh, it was later in the week. It wasn't in the mainstream that they did. It was later on in the week. Yeah, they had, no, they had a little separate video that was just both factions, and it had the combo tower yep. where it had like those big things. I didn't notice anything like that in that video. Maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention. Yep, and it's uh, it, it got a lot of people saying, well, does that mean that this person's going to be in there? Because I think we saw some of Cyrax's stuff, and uh, I believe the other one may have been Melina. I'm not 100% positive who the second one was. I know Cyrax for sure. Um, but yeah, it was. Would they show his net? I think it was his net and one of his bombs, if I remember correctly. Awesome. So we'll see how that plays out. Hey, Turo. Hey, that's me. You have an iPhone. <laughs> yep, so we're not going to talk to you. Hey, Matt. <laughs> you have an Android, don't you? <laughs> How would you like to play your PlayStation 4 on your Android phone right now? Uh, it turns out that there's an unofficial app on the Android store that allows PS4 remote play on any Android device. Wow. <laughs> How does that work out? Well, so, well, if you remember, uh, Sony released remote play to Xperia mobile phones... But a small team of developers, uh, led by a coder with the handle the Script Kitty, posted a port back in November. But now it's starting to get wider notice because it fell on the Reddit eventually. Uh, and basically, what happens is it requires sideloading an APK onto your device. But once that's done, you simply find and connect your PS4, and you can remote play even across the internet as long as you leave it in rest mode, just like a Vita. Wow. And just like an Xperia. Um, like to see hands-on on that. Reddit uh, users are reporting good results with a number of different phones nice. and Android versions, although lag does seem to be a problem based on connections, which is the way it is normally anyways. Um, but the app does come with a built-in touchscreen facsimile of the PS4 controller, or you can actually connect a DualShock 3 or 4 to your phone using a separate app. 
Wow. So that app the does record. What's the app called? Uh, it is called... I think it's just the PS4 Remote Play app. XDA developers are the ones that did it. Um, there's an official name for it other than Remote Play. PS4 Remote Play for Android. That's it. Hmm. And it, if you search for XDA developers, you can find it online. Uh, close that. Next up. Anyone else have a piece of news? I have a small little piece of news. Go for it. So, I know you guys were hankering to play Titanfall, I know, because you guys kept talking about it, and you love that game, and you're so jealous that I have it on the Xbox One only. Well, don't well, worry. I'm kidding. The second one's coming. The second one's coming. It's going to be multi-platformer, so you guys aren't going to miss out on something everybody forgot about already. Ding. What are we talking about? Titanfall 2. Oh. Yeah. That's so, the... That's the one with the exoskeleton, right? Mm-hmm. And Kevin Spacey? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. No. So hopefully they learn from their mistakes and they actually have a storyline this time. Or at least a, a campaign. Ah. We'll see. But anyway, it's coming. They've announced it, so you guys aren't going to be left out. Hey. So if you've not been paying to, uh, attention to the news... One of the most interesting things that came out this last week is that Sony has announced a very secret, exclusive Sony invite-only event for PlayStation MVPs, which will be taking place in about three days at New York City's Gotham Hall. And they have said that they are going to announce something, but... They have not said what it's going to be. There's only a few things that I can think of, honestly, to do that. They're going to have celebrities there. They're going to have some of their music artists there. Um, My guess is that either this is going to be a Morpheus announcement, they're either going to release colors for the Vita, or we're going to see the PlayStation 4 Slim revealed. I don't think that the Slim Slim is going to come out. Yeah, that's a little. That's awful fast. I think, yeah, I think it's early, but but you know that's that's kind of one of the things I was thinking it could be. But I'm I'm actually leaning either that there's going to be a another revision to the Vita with colors, or we're going to see something along the lines of um, uh, an actual Project Morpheus announcement. You don't think it's going to have anything like a first party game or anything like that? I don't think that Sony would call a super secret press conference for to announce a game. They want everybody to know that and see it. Um, I can't think of anything else it could be, in all honesty. I mean, I saw a couple of people on, on Reddit speculating that maybe it was the announcement of PlayStation Home for the PS4, and I'd be like, why would you even have a conference for that? Yeah, why would anyone care? Shoot yourself in the head and not care. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of my thoughts. Is it's either got to be something with the Vita, or something to do with, you know, like I said, that's the only thing I can think of is Project Morpheus. Vita two. What's that? 
of a new leader. Right. Uh, uh, either a Vita. Vita 2. I don't think it'll be a Vita 2. I don't think they're going to go that far. I think it'll just be probably colors and maybe some some respecking. Re I mean, we'll get a more powerful Vita, but it won't be like a 2. It will be the same same basic design and guts. But if you think about it, I mean, honestly, the new 3DS is launching, or the new 3DS XL, sorry, not to be confused with the Nintendo 3DS XL. So it would make sense that they would be releasing something to kind of counteract the push for the new console for Nintendo. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm guessing Vitos with bright colors would be a way to do that. Because... They you have know Dave will buy a blue one. Yes. Yes. So Especially if it's clear blue. So we'll find out in three days what's up with the uh, PlayStation. Uh, the name of it's called the PlayStation Initiative. So that'll be interesting to watch. They're announcing their merger with the MCU as well. <laughs> I, actually, I would probably actually believe that. <laughs> I can't say actually in that sentence more. Actually, I actually think that they might actually do that. Actually. It would actually be an actual thing, actually. Actually. <laughs> um, so did we Did we ever hit... I, I totally missed on this. I don't remember if we talked about this or not, but Yokai Watch is coming to North America this year. Oh, what? 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 I yeah. had no idea. Yep. So what is, is Yokai Watch? Please, please refer to Gamers Ledge Podcast Season Two, Episode like ninety four, <laughs> where I predicted that Yokai Watch would be coming to America. So it's actually going international. North America wasn't spe specified, but one one can assume that international means North so America. So Yokai Watch is a cartoon. It, it's it's the trifecta. It's a cartoon. It's a physical object, and it's toys to life. So there are three different components to Yokai Watch. The it is very much like Pokemon. <laughs> he is now relaying the news to its significant other. Um, it is very much like Pokemon, except that instead of collecting monsters, you are collecting ghosts, and these ghosts have different traits for attack and scariness and that type of stuff. Um, you have a watch, hence the yokai watch thing, which is the device that allows you to see and capture the ghosts within your yokai watch video game. And Toys to Life figure... Uh, uh, you don't get figurines, you get discs. You get discs that have the ghosts and then you put them in the watch and that brings them to life in the game. I expect this, if they give the cartoon good support and throw it on Cartoon Network and really push it out there, I expect this to be the next Pokemon in the United States. Hands down. Hands down. I think and, Pokemon's going to be the what, new Pokemon. And what I didn't realize before, which actually seals this game as, uh, you know, I might actually need to have a... I'm the only person in my house with no device that contains the letters 3D or S in it. Um, I may need to acquire one or borrow one someone's heavily, is that the game is made by Level 5. Yes. 
So if if you know what that means, then you know what that means. If you don't, level five is a very 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 good developer. So the the, the interesting um, part is is when you look at uh, J-pop bands for both males and females in Japan, there is no spontaneous discovery of it is machine. They put it all together. They put all the parts. They grind them until they're finely ready to go. Well practiced. They got all their dance moves and then they release them on an unsuspecting public. Oh look it's the hottest new J-pop band and everybody goes ape for them and then they have a million followings. The interesting thing is that this was actually conceived by Level 5 in the exact same way. They had they made the cartoon they made the, the devices, and then they made the game and made sure everything fit together before they launched it. And so it works really well together. And I think it's, like you said, Matt, it's going to be something that a lot of people are going to have to have. I think this is going to move 3DSs here in the States. Have they announced for anything besides 3DS or just 3DS? 3DS is all I'm seeing. Boo! That's all I have to say. Dang. But there's dang a lot it, of you know, there's a lot of 2015 left, so that is very true. So I know we're not supposed to be talking about destiny. No, <laughs> my soul dies a little bit every time you bring up destiny. And it happens to be every week that he does. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I think he does it just to bug you. What? A, an Xbox user recorded his gameplay footage within Destiny and managed to notice a player walking around the tower with the name Bungie Help 2 But the interesting part is he went ahead and he looked at the person... And the player was wearing level 42 Vault of Glass light gear. Now, the thing about right now in the game is that uh, Vault of Glass only gets you to level 38. 30. 30. Level 30, excuse me, level 30. Uh, so, the interesting... 42? 42. Which... That's 10 levels higher than the current... Okay, yeah, keep going. No, it's 12 levels higher than the current, which... Oh, that, Vault of Glass. Yeah. To me, means that... Um, new level, new difficulty level for the same vault? Same. Not. I don't think it's going to be a new difficulty level. I'm guessing it's going to be a new currency to level up the... Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> once again, reinforcing my idea of fuck Destiny and fuck Bungie. Oh my gosh, why? I thought you were going for something positive, but no. <clears throat> no. I can at least get a, get alongside that message. <laughs> Wait, so 42, that doesn't make any sense. Well, 42 wow. is, what the, is what the level cap's going to go up to in the next uh, expansion. Something, House of Wolves? House Wait, of Wolves, yes. I thought they were 42... I believe that's what they said. I thought they said House of Wolves was going to go up to 39. Okay, 39. No, it's going to have... House of Wolves is going to have a light level of 39. If you've done any research in Destiny, or you've played it as much as Mark and I have, you'll realize that every three light levels is... Every three light is equivalent to one level. So, a level 42 player would have to have a light level above 60? 
See, and, and the, the thing that bothers me is the fact that it's the vault of glass. That means yeah. that there's going to be some way to upgrade the gear, which again well, means all that work that you've done leveling it up in the first place is for, uh, no, for nothing. No, no, no. See, here's another... Talking about thing. level, not light level, right? Yeah, level level and light are different. Yeah. So, so it, but you know what they could be doing, which would shut everybody up, is they could be what transmorphic, whatever it is, allowing you to take stats from one armor and putting it on another. You thought I, about that? I, have, I had thought about that, but if this last DLC was any indication, they're just going to give you another currency to grind in to upgrade that gear to where it needs to be for the new stuff. They promised that they wouldn't do that, though. That was a specific statement from them. We're not going to add more currency. We're not going to add. We're not going to add more currency. You're not going to have to relevel your exotics, and we're not going to. Okay, well, this would go with the whole fact of we're not going to. Um, what was it? Get rid of the raid gear value right away, or whatever they called it. Right. <clears throat> so I don't see. I don't see how they're going to do it yet, but I will be interested to watch when it does drop. But it's 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 caused a lot of speculation since they since people started noticing this on Reddit. And I'll be interested to see how they actually facilitate that. Uh, Looks like you're not over Destiny yet. <laughs> no. I still haven't traded it in. I keep threatening to and I keep forgetting to. So we'll see. Hey, Kate. So if, hey, yeah. oh, um, what happens in June that we might be interested in? You know, only the uh, biggest. Batman. No, only the biggest video game hubble blue in the world happens E3. in June. E three. E three. Is it E3? Kate? Your voice. Yes, your voice has changed though. Uh, <laughs> that is correct. E three. Why are you bringing me into this? For the last several years, we have had Sony press conferences, Microsoft press conferences, and now Bethesda has announced its first ever E3 press conference starting on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Now the the press conference madness will begin on Sunday, go through Wednesday. All Uh, I can say is if if they don't announce a certain number four of a certain franchise, they better announce that they're remaking Final Fantasy VII because that's the only way they will survive the conference. If they don't. Well, Bethesda's not going to remake Final Fantasy VII. So. That would well, be one that's of, what that's I'm a good Final Fantasy, though. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this um, point, we've got a better chance of Bethesda making it than we do of Squeenix ever. Well, that is very <laughs> We have a good chance of Half-Life 3 coming out before Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that we're going to see Doom the um the cool. console the console version of Elder Scrolls Online because it should be dropping right around that time. Uh, Battle Cry, and I'm hoping Fallout Four, but I'm not holding my breath. Oh no, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. But seriously, if they do it, if if they do it, they need to do it right. They just need to walk out, have Pip Boy appear on the screen behind him. And then the number four, and he just drops the the mic. That's it. Yeah. If they don't, there. if they don't do, they get a bunch of bloodthirsty Fallout Four fans in that thing, 
and they don't announce Fallout 4, they will not leave the arena alive. They, they will all be dead. No. Anyone they send to that they conference will, will be dead. I, I don't think it will be quite that bad, but... It, it'll be that bad. It'll be pretty close. Internet dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe we'll see our typical internet outrage, but I don't think anybody will die. That might I be hyperbole. I don't know. Hyperbole. He's, Maybe Hyperbole. just slightly. Legs broken, organ bruised. Body casts, you know, the standard stuff. I would laugh okay. if someone started throwing, like, rotten tomatoes or something. <laughs> Do this now. Hey, Kate. Oh, God, what now? <laughs> so you've been, like playing, you've been playing a lot of a game recently that just got re-re-released. Oh, Resident Evil? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you happen to see what Capcom said about Re- that Resident Evil re-release this week? No, I didn't. So they announced the official press release that uh, the Resident Evil HD remaster has become its fastest-selling digital game of all time in Europe and North America. No way. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. They also stressed that the game has amassed the fastest-selling day one sales on the PlayStation Network ever. Wow. uh, It's very interesting. They did not say what the the previous fastest selling game is, but uh, it it was, you know, obviously they they put out a press release and a statement uh, from the developer and the producers, uh, Yoshihaki Hirobayashi, um, and the first 45 minutes of opening gameplay footage uh, so that people can check it out. But that's. Here's the question I pose to the panel. This is a re-re-release of a 20-year-old game. What does that say about the state of the current games industry when that is the fastest-selling game out there right now? I think it's more nostalgia. I also Mm. think it's um, people wanting to play a Resident Evil game because it hasn't been Resident Evil since Resident (laughs) Evil 3. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they completely changed the franchise. and I think Not in a really... bad way with 4, and 5 was fun, but 6 was... Yeah, 5 was not good. 5 was not good. had fun with it. Five was fun. It was not yes. scary. No. Not, it wasn't not a scary. Resident Evil game. It was... Bro Shooter or something, I don't know. Well, see, like, <laughs> okay. Resident Evil 4 was a good game, but it did paved the way for the changes that came in 5 and 6 because it, like, yeah, you're allowed to, like, it got rid of the fixed camera angles and, like, that, the tank controls and that sort of thing. Like, it was good that you could sh- shoot while walking and I liked the, uh, the aim with the laser, but that's when it did start to change and to me this says it's like people still want Resident Evil, but they don't want what Resident Evil Capcom has been giving them. So maybe they'll take that as like, oh hey, maybe we should go back to, you know, what made the series popular. Fixed camera angles. I I am totally in love with fixed camera angles for survival horror. It adds to the scariness. What about games? Like, I'm starting to see games, people who we, we live in a day and age right now that we're all about nostalgia. We're all about making references and bringing stuff back that we loved in the 90s, early 2000s, and they're just That's never back. happened in the history of any generation. I, I know. We're actually living it, and it's amazing. All these I references. I was being sarcastic. 
Oh, well, no, I was being serious because this is where I've seen it. I haven't seen any type of this many references made from previous things that happened in our childhood. So it, I'm I, just I can see people for those bell bottoms, baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just see people wanting to play these games that they haven't been able to, or they're hard to find. Like if you have a PlayStation One, or if you have a GameCube, I mean, it's going to be hard to find these games. Or you can just, if you have the newest system, it's right there. They just released it. It's just so convenient to have it. And you're like, oh, man, instead of buying all the stuff that I had to, like for the GameCube to get to play Super Mario Sunshine, if it just popped up on the Wii U, I'd be like, that'd be awesome if I had a Wii U. So I just see it more convenient and people wanting to buy it, but they don't do want to do the means to. And this is just so much easier just to bring it right back. Well, I mean, awesome. everything in entertainment's that way. They're remaking everything. Not mm -hmm. just through video games. Like, I mean, how many times do we have to see a Spider-Man origin story? At least four. At least four times. <laughs> um, Is that necessity? So, Matt. So, yeah. Matt, how much space do you have on your PS4? Oh, gosh. I haven't looked recently. I'm probably under a gig, I'd say, or under a, a T, yeah. under a terabyte. Probably, probably like 800 gig free, maybe. Okay. So how how big was your drive that you put in there? One and a half. So we are exactly two years into the PlayStation's life cycle. Do you think that two and a half... Actually, mine's... We're, we're one year yeah, into the cycle. We're, we're one... Yeah, you're right. One, one year, year and three months. Do you, do you think that hard drive is going to last us our entire life cycle? Oh, hell no. PlayStation 4? No. Well, I mean, it depends on... It depends on whether... I mean, it backs up all your saves, right? So there's really no penalty to ever deleting a game, unlike on the Vita. So, yeah, it all depends on how picky you want to be. But it, it could last a while, but not the entire time, no. But how would you like to install a 6 terabyte hard drive in your PS4? Oh, is this that external uh, mm -hmm. desktop add-on? Um, uh, Nyko has actually created one of the most interesting peripherals for the PS4 called the Databank. It is a caddy that holds a 3.5-inch hard drive but acts as an internal drive. So you can actually buy a compute, a standard desktop hard drive which is much which cheaper, cheaper, much cheaper, and then much be better. able to uh, use that instead of the 2.5-inch hard drive that's currently inside the PlayStation. So the only thing that it's going to do is actually increase the size of your PlayStation. It sticks out by about probably 6 inches over the top of your PlayStation currently on the left side. Um, yeah, but you actually remove the shiny panel and then it plugs into the bay the the SATA bay where the the laptop drive would go and then it sets in there latched in and then you mount the full size drive and the the thing on top and which also means that you're most likely not going to be able to use the PlayStation vertically yeah unless you have some sort of stabilizer yeah um Looks like it will cost around forty to fifty dollars when released. That's so this bad. is actually something. Yeah, it's not bad at all. So I'll, I'll be interested to see uh, when it's actually out in the field what the reports on for use case scenario because I know that I'm not going to last probably three more years with my drive. So it'll be nice to uh, have an option to expand our capabilities. Yes. 
So I, I, I saw something. Um, I uh, signed up. I got uh, one of the early Humble bundles. So I get emails every single time they come out. And they come out with like four or five different Humble bundles a month these days. Uh, but one of the Humble bundles that is currently available is the Star Wars Humble Bundle. Uh, and it is currently for $12, you will get 12 Star Wars games. Uh, these are primarily PC. I don't. Uh, I should look and see exactly what they're available through. I'm not 100% sure at the moment. But the titles are Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic 2, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Dark Forces, Star Wars Empire at War, uh, uh, Force Unleashed 1 and 2, Battlefront 2, Republic Commando, uh, Star Wars, uh, gosh, it's Jedi Knight 3, whatever one that was. So Jedi Knight, Jedi Knight 2, and Jedi Knight 3 are all in there. And uh, Starfighter, as well as Dark Forces, which Dark Forces is actually the first game of what became the Jedi Knight series. Um, so uh, that's uh, there's several good games in there, uh, a couple of mm, games. Uh, but for 12 bucks, you can't can't really go wrong with that. And that uh, deal is up through the 20 no the 17th of this month, 17th of February. Uh, next Tuesday. Mm, six days from now. So yeah, next Tuesday. What I thought. Tuesday reset. And then something else will come up. So <laughs> it's uh it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, the, the deals that they've got going on are have been very good, and there's a lot. Right now they've got a book bundle, too, where you can get like three or four different books on teaching kids to code and all kinds of weird, geeky stuff. So, um, yeah, if you follow, go ahead and uh, humblebundle.com and look at all the different things they've got out there. And, and as always, they always go to some charity. I believe this one's going to UNICEF. So, Tarot. Yes. You were thinking about buying Evolve, right? Yeah, I almost bought it today. So what if I told you that... <laughs> it's not real. Bought, no, if you bought the season pass for Evolve at yeah. $24.99, mm -hmm. there's still over $135 worth of DLC that will not come in that season pass. Uh, what is it, like season 2, 3, and 4 pass? Negative. What's going on? Uh, so... As of today, the Xbox One's DLC hub for Evolve spans four pages and includes 44 items that can be purchased a la carte. 24 of them are priced at $1.99, 9 of them are priced at $2.99, 8 priced at $4.99, and 3 priced at $6.99. Are, these like um, are they game add-ons story-wise, or just like weapons and equipment nope. and that kind of thing? You got it. Um, mm. They've already said that with the season pass, you'll get three skins exclusive to the season pass, um, and four new hunters. And the hunters will be available individually for $7.49 apiece. Okay, so even the hunters getting them right there. Well, depending. I don't know. Dang, that's a little still, bit disappointing. It's it's uh, It seems like it's a very large... It's um, For example, it's stuff like the Savage Goliath skin, uh, mm -hmm. the Trapper Bushman skin pack, the Carnivore Monster skin pack, does the, does the skins do anything, or is it purely cosmetic? It's, it's cosmetic, but still, it's pretty freaking expensive. Yeah, that's cosmetic upgrades. Yeah, that's uh, horse armor all over again. 
It's... Or, you know, back then, uh, before they had the complete collection for Mortal Kombat, whenever they were selling um, the classic uh, skins yeah. for Scorpion, like, I remember they were selling it on eBay for close to 100 bucks sometimes. It was ridiculous. Oh, even for Mortal Kombat 9, how there yeah, were that... codes within each person's game. Yeah, like in Best Buy had Sub-Zero's Classic, and GameStop had another one and whatnot. And then I would see, I would just look it up online, and I would see these people spending ridiculous amounts of money just for a classic skin. And then when the Complete Collection came out, it unlocked them. It were already in the game. You just need to unlock them. And the Complete Collection came out and unlocked them all. So that's, uh, that's, no, that's no fun. So is that it, just skins? It's not game add-ons, not maps or anything for the season pass? It's just, it's just skins. Oh, then I'm not getting the season pass. My gosh. No, no, this, the season pass comes oh. with three skins and four hunters. Oh, and the four hunters that are going to be... But what's available too. on the Xbox One DLC is site all right of now, those crazy skin. stuff. Damn. Skin. All right, uh, well... Okay. Well, damn it. The one night I expect her not to watch the podcast, she watches the podcast and sees her, her surprise. <laughs> ah, maybe she did it on purpose then. <laughs> no, she didn't know I was going to show her. Yeah. Um, layoffs have hit Sadly. Daybreak. Uh, Daybreak, if you're not familiar, is the company that Sony Online Entertainment turned into once it was sold. Um, looks like as of right now, um, the the and if you're not familiar with what games are included, that's EverQuest, PlanetSide, and H1Z1. Uh, they're undergoing layoffs today. Uh, prominent employees like the director of development, the director of global community relations, um, and then even the lead of EverQuest uh, basically said that they've been re released from the studios. Um, they didn't detail the extent of the layoffs, but of course our hearts goes out to everyone affected. Hopefully they will work on other games sooner rather than later. Blizzard, on the other hand, <clears throat> is making money hand over fist, and they're giving it to charity. Oh, so, yay! About a week ago, I'm sorry, uh, December 31st, 2014 until now, they announced a World of Warcraft uh, pet and that every dollar of the purchase would go towards Ebola relief in Africa by the Red Cross. So 100% of the adoption fee of the pet would be go to assist aiding in the fight against Ebola. They announced today that they have generated more than $1.9 million by the sale of one digital pet to support Ebola relief. That's pretty awesome. That's a power game. Good guy Blizzard. All kinds yeah. of crazy crowdsourcing. Um, it also looks like many people are having problems with the PlayStation Network tonight. Uh, apparently, there are people are having problems logging in, um, but the down detector shows a large spike in down reports, uh, and it, it does seem widespread. But right now, I think. Right now, you're even playing, are you not, Nick? Yeah, I'm playing mm -hmm. too. And Kate, you're playing also? So yeah, I'm it'll be interesting. that actively requires me to be connected. 
<clears throat> so we'll see what happens with it, but uh, keep viewing and check the official PlayStation blog to see whether or not uh, you can get on. Matt, you have another story? Um, I actually do not. I've been uh, trolling and haven't seen... Hey, any... Matt! Yeah! <gasps> What's your favorite uh, franchise on the PlayStation? Uh, wow, I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, Ratchet and Clank? That is correct! Yeah! <laughs> Call it a movie? No. no. Insomniac actually let slip today that Ratchet and Clank will be coming to the PlayStation 4 this year. Wow. Is that the remake or a new one? Why is Dave not here? That's the new one. Uh, They're saying they're developing the game that shares the film's vision of Ratchet's origin story. As featured in Sony's press conference, the game reimagines the original Ratchet and Crank with updated gameplay and completely new visuals built up from the the ground up for the PlayStation 4. That's going to be a pretty looking game. So they basically have said uh, this will be coming this year, so I would expect to see it in the fall as yet another pillar for Sony to stand on for exclusives. Heck yeah. Be playing the crud out of that. Yeah. So, hey, Matt. Yeah? It's one of those days, okay. (laughs) There was this movie that came out a little while ago about a guy in blue tights with a red cape who's always the good guy. Yeah. I think it was called, what was it called? Something about steel and a man of it. Oh, right. (laughs) So, um... There were many people that watched it and liked it. I was one of the people that was absolutely horrified, disgusted, pissed off. Take your pick there. Because Superman does something in that that Superman would never do. Uh Um, This is dark DC. So the funny part is that um, they have, in the comic continuity... They have they have released a book called Superman Earth One Volume Three, where he gets the same choice but chooses not to do the bad thing again. Wow! So it so. looks like they're trying to retcon the movie's choices <laughs> uh, to to kind of reconcile for people like me who shout, "What the hell were you thinking?" when that came across the boards. Um, it, it's, it, I've heard it's not a very good book, but still it does at least try to do that type of thing. Um, <laughs> so so think, we see that in, in, in a summary. A summary. In a summary of uh, Superman versus Batman, they'll they'll go and they'll have, they'll show the re-edited version of the, <laughs> that that scene. It was all in his head or something. Yeah. 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 Was, was yeah. it was like Patrick Duffy in the shower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was awesome. He w- wakes up next to his wife in the bed. <laughs> oh. oh, it was just a dream. Oh thank God. Um, so. We have a couple pieces of reader mail. Uh, the first one, <laughs> the first one is very simple. What the hell is the humble bundle? That was the first question we got. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what the hell is the humble bundle? 
Well, the so, easiest way uh, to explain the Humble Bundle is go to humblebundle.com. Who's that from? Uh, that's actually from uh, GIF. Gif, how does Gif not Jif. know this? It's pronounced Gif. Gif has not been in the PC gaming for a while. That's that's how he doesn't know. Okay. Uh, so well, basically, you want to explain? what it is is, yeah, you get a bunch of indie developers together, and they say, you know what, we're going to make it so that you get to set your own price for software. As and low as one cent. As low as one cent, and you they will collect usually anywhere from two to ten of these games together in a bundle, and then you get to set your own price, and all the profits go to charity. Most of the profits. Wow. I believe the, the developers do get a cut of it. It depends. Uh, you can set you can set the cut. For most of the bundles, you can split the cut the way you want it to go. Yes. So. And so, for me, you know, when Fez came out and uh, Super Meat Boy and a couple other things in a bundle and I could pay $5 for it and split it down the middle, half goes to the developers, half goes to the charity, I said, why the hell not? And that's the Humble Bundle. And now they've usually what they'll have is they'll have the ones that you get regardless of how much you pay, and then they'll have pay at least the average, and you get another set, and then they'll usually have, if you pay this much flat rate, then you get everything, which usually includes one or two more things. And right now they're, do, they're doing digital comics, digital books, games, um, yeah, those are the they, things that are off the top of my head. And like all those Star Wars games, those aren't even indie titles. Those are all major studio games. So. They did a Square Enix one once. They yeah, they actually did that this last weekend. Yep. Uh, the, the, this is another reason that uh, the PC Master Race will point to uh, the Humble Bum Bundle and say this is why PCs are superior because we can do this because the marketplace allows it as opposed to a closed console uh, marketplace where the console manufacturers dictate the prices somewhat to different entities. So take it for what it will. Um, do I ever think we'll see a Sony name your own price bundle? Probably not. Do I see we'll see do I think we'll see a Microsoft name your own price bundle? Absolutely not. So do we and do I think we'll ever see a Nintendo name your own price bundle? No way in no. hell. Only no. if they hire flow. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> you are so Midwestern. So Midwestern. I'm so Midwestern. What? <laughs> so are you. Your mom's Midwestern. Oh, wait, she is. <laughs> That's not an insult. So our first piece of meter... Re meter... Meteor. <laughs> meter rail. Meter rail. Meter rail. Hooray for live... Broadcasting. Uh, our first hey, reader mail uh, comes to us from Rafflecopter. Yes, I love that name. That's the best. He writes in and uh, basically gives you a really long uh, thing. I, I will again, folks, keep it short and to the point so that I can get to it. Are there any good examples of games that manage to be more complex than a binary choice that have really meaningful fluid spectrums of choice? that can combine your many decisions in some way other than just adding good or evil points. Mm. I think, I've been thinking about this, I think the only one I can think of, and even then it's still kind of a binary choice, is the Telltale series. Mm -hmm. They do a really That's good job of, of aggregating 
your choices over time. And it's not so much that you get good or evil points, it's that it actually opens up or closes off gameplay branches, or it could if it was executed to its highest possibility. Um, right now, it's still kind of binary in what they do with it, because the way those games work is everybody starts at the same place, and everybody ends at the same place, and everything in between is, is a fluid mass. So, But people end up live or dead or dead differently, depending on choices you make. So it, it does impact the story. Um, but yeah, I mean... It impact as much as I'd like. Right, I mean... We're that's hard. I mean, as someone who has done programming in the past, and Nick can speak to this, and and you can too, Mark. I mean, building an engine like that is hard. I mean, you're talking like the game from Ender's Game. I mean, something that could infinitely adapt to your. <laughs> See, I I think that's a I, I think that's a fallacy. It doesn't need to infinitely adapt because still you not could easy. make well it's still yeah, not, I agree, easy. It's not I mean, easy. But as long as you've got a structure tree that says if this, then this, if this, then this, if this, then this, and you can coordinate all the offshoots of that. That's and still binary. Yeah. You don't want a structure That's tree. That's still binary. Yeah, you, you're, you're still make this decision and it's good or bad. What people are looking for, which is even more complicated, is a grayscale, which is you can choose A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, or double F, your choice. And all of them have different implications. All of them have different meanings. And that that's not a binary tree. That's not any kind of decision tree. That's holy crap. <laughs> that's all of it. Jeez. Will it, see, does, I, can it, can it exist? It, will it happen? Yes. But it's something that, I mean, you, you really, like I'm seeing more and more with, not to bring it up again, but with Destiny, the biggest problem I see with Destiny is people don't really realize how hard it is to code, especially something this large. Like, the biggest thing about Destiny that gets to me is the fact that it's an MMO. So, like, 90% of every customization has to go through a database. And that's the same thing with decision trees. It's not as easy as you think. But, it's, see, I think, I, think you're, I think you're woefully under... How can I say this? Look at Guild Wars 2. That's all I have to say. I Guild Wars, Wars 2 is, is 90 times the MMO that Destiny is. And the fact that Destiny is passing itself off as an MMO is a bit of a... Uh, it is a multiplayer game. I will give it that. It has MMO tropes built into it. But it's still but an it, FPS RPG. That's correct. It's an FPS RPG. It is not anything on the same scale as Guild Wars 2 or no. Star Trek Online. No. And my, my point is, is that you can have decision trees that have different weighted values for each practical binary decision you make and then those totals influence how the game develops. I think the easiest way to think about it is Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger had 11 different endings based on what you did. And so I think that you there are ways that you can do it. I just think that I think that developers are afraid to do it. I think they don't want people to have a lot of choice because then the game can go off the rails for some people. Well, I think Destiny is the exact opposite of that. They give well, you the rails, and that's all you have the whole time. Is you're going to do these things, then you're going to do these things. And you're gonna do, there's no choice in there at all. Oh, well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I I 100% admit that Destiny's not an MMO. It's close, 
it, it's like, hey, we want to be, but it's not there. But it's and it's got some traits of MMOs. You're right, but no. See, the the whole thing with decision decision in a game is, yeah, you're right. It'd be if anything, it'd be a weighted graph. Which anybody who's taken any computer science course will know those are so fun to play with. No. Um, uh, and a weighted graph, though, that would still be. I haven't played Chrono Trigger, so I don't know if that is a reference. But the thing of Chrono Trigger is, yeah, there were eleven different, twelve different endings, whatever it was. But in along the way, there weren't a lot of impact. There wasn't a lot of impact. I mean, no. even no. even the court scene, which had seven or eight different iterations of how it could come out, ultimately all ended up at the same place. And and my point in bringing up Chrono Trigger is not to say that it has a choice system that works in the way that uh, this person is asking about, but if you look at it, you have to do X, Y, or Z in order to get this ending right. at this exact point in time. So the point is is that you can have diverging paths for the game storyline. That's already been established. What we need to see is an actual system to govern that and in a weighted value type of format to allow us to make our own decisions and have it adversely affect the outcome. I think, I think we're going to see that with No Man's Sky. I, I think you're right. I just wonder how much of the butterfly effect can really happen. Because the question is, if I wipe out this species on this planet, on my side of the system, and you're on the other side of the galaxy, is that going to affect your gameplay? Mm. I don't think that I think it actually might. I think they mentioned something kind of like about that, where, yeah, you may not cross paths with very many players, but... Um, Planets will, like planets that are, have been, you know, discovered, will be discovered in your universe and not by you. So, like, if there was like something that you did on that planet, I'm sure another person would come along and see the spoils of what you've done. But does that really affect their game in any meaningful way? Well, they can't, like, just say you, like, polluted the atmosphere of that planet. I wouldn't be able to go down and investigate it. Like, it was like, ooh, new planet. Oh, I can't go there because someone poisoned the air. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that would affect me. I don't think they've said anything along the lines that you're going to be able to do that. Um, well, I'm just using, kind of... like, they haven't said much about it, like, but that's a possibility. I mean... It's possible if you mined all of resource X out of this one planet, no matter how long that took you, that when somebody else came to that planet, resource X doesn't exist there. That's that's, that's a really good point. Kind of like the mining with the Mass Effect. Yeah, I think. Or yeah, like someone could mine all the resources. Like that's perfectly reasonable because I mean you could do that in Mass Effect. I I just don't think that there's any games out there that have a really complex non-binary well, because video gaming is still a storytelling medium and giving free choice like that it depends on how free you make it because I mean you could I mean if it's a totally free and open game you could just turn around and shoot your buddy in the head and now you're locked because there's no progression for you anymore you'd have to stop and start over I mean 
again, unless you get to that level where we're talking about the game from Ender's Game, and it is infinitely adaptable to whatever you do. Of course, that game also was a psychology study and didn't actually have a point, but, you know. So hopefully that answers your question. There's <laughs> <laughs> one for you? Yeah, there you go. Yes, kind of, no. So uh, Geb writes in and asks, does your skill level factor into your enjoyment of a game? Yes. There's that loud oh, controller again. Nix again has I the know. loudest <laughs> controllers. <laughs> it's trying to stop it. It's vibrating against my ring. I'm sorry. <laughs> he basically went on to ask four questions out of this one. The first, we'll take these one at a time. Number one, do you guys need to be good at a game in order to enjoy playing at it? Turo. No. 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 Uh, the enjoyment is getting better at playing it. Even if you sucked yes. at the first couple times, you, you find yourself enjoying it more because you find yourself doing things you couldn't do the first time you picked it up. So if, if I'm getting killed over and over again the, the very first time I pick it up, I go, <laughs> I am not letting that happen again. What can I do differently? Number two, do you all do you feel like you can always get better at a game, or will you eventually hit the glass ceiling and plateau, Kate? Sometimes as I get older, I feel like I have plateaued because, like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I suck more as I get older because it just, the reflexes just aren't there. Like, they were, like, compared to, like, a 12-year-old kid. So, I don't know, I guess you can plateau, but... Well, it depends on the game, really. If it's a, if it allows learning, some games just kind of don't. But whatever. <laughs> what games do you consider yourself bad at, but still enjoy playing, Matt? First-person shooters. <laughs> <laughs> just the category. Yeah, basically all of them. I mean, I there. I mean, I I depending on the ones, the degrees of whether of how good or poorly I can I can play. Um, you know, some. My favorite thing to do is watch Matt attempt to drive by minimap. Oh. Well, I mean, you're stuck staring at the map, and I run into things in the screen, or I'm watching the screen and not paying attention to the map. And I, I, I'm too old. I didn't. I didn't learn to do that map and <laughs> screen at the same time thing. So, I'll, I'll I'll be staring at the mini map and walk myself right off a cliff because I can't see amazing. the screen when I'm staring at the mini map. So. <laughs> I, I don't know. I missed that whole develop the skill where you can read the HUD and see the screen at the same time. I, I see, lost for that me, it's, it's old arcade games like Dig Dug or Tempest or yeah. Joust, things like that. I, I kind of hate those games on some level, but I enjoy playing them, but I suck at them. Everybody sucks at them unless you spend hours and hours and hours and hours memorizing and doing all that yeah, stuff. <sighs> Contra. Yeah. The last one he asked. I didn't get to down. answer. Oh, it was just yeah. What what do you feel you're bad at that you think? <laughs> oh, I thought it was a question per person. Yeah, I, it was just a question per person. But that's fine if you would like to answer. Uh, mine's definitely fighting games. Like I can't wait for Mortal Kombat and Bitter Life last round drops next week, and I can't wait for that. But I'm not good at them. At all. So the last question then will open to everyone, and we'll go just go down the list. What games do you consider yourself legitimately good at, Turo? Legitimately good at? I 
uh, from the very beginning, I am I love platformers. I, I just for some reason my hand eye coordination with platforming and jumping and skills. I, I found it, you know, whenever she needed help on Super Mario Sunshine, I picked it up and it was just <laughs> there's a platformer feel and I just immediately jump right in it. In something that took her an hour, I do in just a couple minutes. Just Kate, I think I'm really you? good at platformers, yeah. Kate, what about you? Dead or Alive Extreme. I'm uh, I'm the best in the world at that game. <laughs> I thought you just said you were not good at fighting. No, the, the volleyball one. <laughs> okay. I've uh, it like twice. It took like 600 hours. Uh, but no, I'm also really good at Silent Hill. No, no, I think you're looking for genres, not specific titles. Oh, survival horror. Okay. Nice. Matt, how about you? Um. None of them. Oh uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess. Um. <laughs> my answer is just no. <laughs> Uh, just no. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. I don't know. I mean, I guess the kind of where my heart is was with RPGs. I tend to think I'm fairly good at them. Fairly good at figuring out the battle systems and you know You're finding good at the comic books. Stuff. Um, so good at comic books. Um, so I mean that that's one. Um, I, I I'm a bit prideful of my ability to complete and do the the point and click adventure. Type ones too, and and get the stuff. But I, to me, that's almost another, just another kind of RPG. So, uh, Nick, what game? I would have to go with RPG as well, just based on the fact that I, I'm a I'm a loser, and I love getting all the rare stuff and finding all the. As an example, Star Ocean till the end of time. You played that one. Mm-hmm. Nice. Do you remember the the final, final, final boss? The little fairy thing in the way back after you've gone over all 999 levels of the sphere or whatever? Yeah, I didn't do that. No? Yeah, I did. And <laughs> I did the whole... There are two bosses I remember specifically. One was uh, Star Ocean until the end of time. After you do all the levels of the sphere, you get a special item which lets you go into the back of a cave once you do, once you go into the back of the cave, and you, it, which is contains obviously all the hardest enemies in the game, you go all the way to the back, and in the back is this little fairy, and you're like, oh, cool, an easy boss, and she can one-shot your entire team. So, I was the guy who sat there for three hours trying to figure out the strategy to beat her, and I did. And the other one was Final Fantasy, what was that? The first one where you got to, you didn't actually like attack with your people. You just chose what they would do. Like if your health is less than twenty percent, heal the potion. And you set the levels. Twelve. Twelve, I think it was. Yeah. I was the person who did all of the bounties, and then at the very end, when there was the four million HP enemy, mm-hmm. I was the one who I was one of the people who figured out how to just how to get my how to continually switch out people and go in a certain corner so that the HP doesn't reset and all that wacky stuff. I was one of those people. So, yeah. It's more craziness than it is gifted, but... I miss that. I miss figuring out little shortcuts and stuff in games and then telling people, like, if you stand over here or if you're here, 
and then they ask, how'd you figure it out? You can either, usually I say, oh, I, I just kind of maneuvered my way there, or, you know, someone showed me. It's always one of those two, but I yeah. love it. I love knowing whole, little tricks like that. Yeah, I miss, I miss, I miss the hard boss battle. That's what I miss. See, the, and, and this is all going to tie into my final thought today, so what you guys are saying, that feeling you're looking for, so keep that in mind as we go to final thoughts in a little bit. Yay! Um, for me, it's racing games, RPGs, and fighters. Those are the three I'm good at. Um, I'm okay. Oh, we can pick more than one. Shooters. Yeah, I didn't know even more. Than yeah, one. he said. He said, "What games do? You, what types of games do you guys feel you're at? You're legitimate? Oh, no. Man. Mark rules don't apply when Mark is going, but he doesn't can tell we, you that. Mark can we go again? When I, else is I read it straight <laughs> from the. Okay, thing. everybody, yell at their answers. Okay, RPGs. racing, platformer, platformer, uh, FPS, and uh, fighting. No, I don't know. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> so that that break concludes uh, our reading mails. Other than Gith shouting "Do it" in the Q and A, I don't know. That <laughs> Ooh! All right, I'll be right back. The Q and A. What are they going to see this? I have to buy Nike shoes. Um. So that brings us to final thoughts. Turo. Um. Oh man. Uh. I don't, uh, it's it's the same. Play more Pokemon. I just can't stop. <laughs> and yeah, go watch go watch good movies. Go play Evolve. Yes. Uh, Kate. Um. Play more Dragon Age, Matt. That means you. <laughs> I have to play something first. Oh, I forgot the other thing I got. That's what I'll do for my final thought. <laughs> uh, well, then, how, how about awesome. now, Matt? <laughs> All right, so my final thought is the other. My first my first purchase at a con is the Firefly series of Funko. Oh, my God. There's Wash. There is Kaylee. Awesome. There is Jane with the Vera and the hat. Is and then Zoe. Cool. And Mal. And the other three main characters of the crew haven't been released yet, so So there there was a, a booth running a special and it had so happened there were five of them and five was the number the special was for, so it was it was almost like it was meant to be. Yeah, you should have you should have seen him toiling over the decision. It hey, was like it was always like watching that. someone just like he was like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I do it? Yeah, <laughs> do it. Just tell him when is the last time you're gonna be able to do it. That's, that's what I said. I said you can't yeah. take the money with you and you can pass the stuff down to your kids. So you're good. You know, death is the ultimate decider. <sighs> <laughs> Nick, final thought. The only reason I'm saying this is because I've seen way too many posts online, so take this with a grain of salt. Before you post anything, seriously, I know it's hard for some people to do this, put yourself in their shoes for a little bit, because just the amount of times I've talked to myself in my car angrily because of the fact that somebody doesn't realize, if you add 10 volt spaces, times that by 3, then times that by 20 million, it's not easy. It's just, you need to think before you post. Whoa, variables. I just got an invitation after saying that. It's kind of weird. Anyway, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's it. Think before you speak if you can, and if you have the time. 
so I have a uh, quick thing to show. Oh, it won't fit on the whole. The whole thing won't fit on the screen. That sucks. Um, this is actually a piece of artwork from uh, a post that I put up earlier uh, in the week. Uh, it's, Whoa! It's actually you should go check it out on the site. Uh, I'll tell you how to find it. It's called. Uh, it's from a review book review that I did called Ready Player One so by Ernest. So many. Crumb. You have no idea. Uh, I'll, if you check out the the site, you'll see it better. Ready Player One is probably the greatest video gaming fiction book that has ever been written. Um, I'll give you the short synopsis. In a nutshell, it's about um, the world in 2044 is a bad place. There's no fuel. There's no food. There's no jobs. Yet a guy has created the ultimate virtual reality system called the Oasis. And everyone spends most of their time there. They work in there. They play in there because they can do anything in the Oasis. He cool. dies and announces that he has is going to give away controlling interest in his company and his $410 billion to whomever can find the Easter egg through a series of challenges within the Oasis. That sounds awesome. This guy is a... The guy who, who quoted the Oasis is a 1980s buff. So... It's all about the the music, oh, the, TV, the movies, the comics, the manga, the video games of the 1980s, and it is a fantastic book that uh, anyone with even a shred of geekiness will completely relate to, and uh, it, the feels are quite strong with this one. So it's called Ready Player One. I highly, highly recommend that you pick it up. Uh, and that's going to do it for us for this week. Um, of course, please visit awesome. the website, gamersledge.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook, gamersledge.com, or I'm sorry, facebook.com slash gamersledge. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gamersledge. Remember, tweet, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to modify it just a little bit. Tweet your favorite anime of all time, doesn't matter what it is, but just put the hashtag gamersledge. And I will keep track of that hashtag. And at the end of two weeks, I'll pick a winner at random for the uh, Titan Attacks print from Greg Horn. And also, uh, like and subscribe to us on Facebook. Until next time, the thing I can possibly say is game on. Game, game on. on. So we are Russia on game you.